Four, three, two, one. And um, all right. We have um, Mike Healy today. What's going on, Mike? Hang on, man. Awesome. <laughs> and you're and you're a scuba diver, or or yeah, scuba diver instructor. Okay. Or I teach people how to scuba dive. I know. Yes, it's some something new I, I got into. I moved down to Florida about a year and a half ago. And I was really committed to not getting a regular job and just working outside or specifically on a boat on the water. And scuba is kind of the easiest pathway for that. I had taken some scuba courses back in college mm -hmm. and had done some scuba diving on a little vacation I took before I moved down here. So it was an easy fit in. And I kind of, I'm really big into fitness and uh, you know, I don't necessarily want to be a personal trainer, but being like a scuba trainer, it's kind of pretty fun for me. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Your Instagram is, um, it's really cool. Like those, those photos that you have on there and stuff that from uh, underwater and everything. It's really cool. Thanks dude. Yeah. I, I like making videos a lot. Um, and it's kind of just scuba has been a good backdrop for doing that, which is really awesome. Okay, cool, yeah. And you do were um hunting for like uh shark teeth in the ocean, is that is that right? Yeah, dude, when I moved down here to Venice, Florida, I, I was like noticing all these people on the beach and they're all like bending over, picking up stuff and I didn't know what it was mm -hmm. until I went into the dive store and there's just fossilized shark teeth all over Florida really, but uh, specifically in a hot spot in Venice. So I've done hundreds of dives out there uh, just looking for these teeth. You kind of just find them sitting on the ocean floor. They're not necessarily gold doubloons, but it's kind of just as fun finding them. <laughs> They're just not as valuable. <laughs> right on. But yeah. it's cool, dude, it's weird. It's like the same thing. If you ever seen any kind of like, uh, treasure hunting movies where they're yeah. like oh a storm just blew in and it like shook up the bottom and the sand moves and it'll uncover teeth and then other spots will cover up the teeth so mm -hmm. they'll have to wait a few days to get back in water with until the visibility clears up so it, it's all very cool like being very connected to the ocean and just like that's cool man. i mean we're kind of just dealing from earth I don't know. Not really. Yeah, man. But it's kind of just something I fell into. I, I never really anticipated myself doing anything like it. I mean, there's other people that are a lot more devoted to finding shark teeth, but I definitely enjoy it. I've got a pretty good stash. I, I try making jewelry out of them. Um, I wouldn't say I was successful or not. I just didn't really devote any time to it. It's not really something I want to be pursuing heavy. You know, just making jewelry for the sake of jewelry. I'm, it's not really my style. Right on, yeah. Yeah, I saw um, I saw in one of your videos that <laughs> you, you were doing like breathing, like breathing exercises, and you had the um, that book, The Oxygen Advantage. Yeah, you ever heard of that one before? Or just just when I shared it. Yeah, I've 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 heard of it before. Yeah. Oh, dude, nice. What was the context in which you heard about it? And like, did th you get into it at all? Or yeah, I think I, I think I listened to that one on audiobook. Uh, it was one of those ones. I can't remember which one. Um, um, but it had all these breathing exercises in it. I'm pretty sure that was it, the one that I listened to. But I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, dude, I found that book a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I was back in college playing rugby and just grew up as a kid with asthma. Uh, doctors never really told me what was going on. They were just like, yeah, you're kind of weak at breathing. And I was just never really good at sports. I mean, I didn't really put in the time to get 
in shape, but I just like always felt like I had a bigger barrier to get me there. Yeah. And nobody ever told me like anything. Like they gave me an inhaler. They said, use this, it'll help. And I never did. I didn't really understand what it was for. And um, so we're playing rugby and my one buddy's really into just getting in shape and like taking his training to the next level. And he hands me this book and I'm like, what do you mean teach me how to breathe? Like, okay. I start reading it, dude. And it's just saying stuff that I'd never heard. Like, Hey, your mouth is for talking and eating. Your nose is for breathing. Like breathe through your nose. I was like, what? And then they're like, breathe into your diaphragm. Like I always thought that when you inhale, your shoulders go up and your stomach goes in. When you exhale the opposite, but that, that is, the opposite where like your shoulders should be relaxed and your your lower abdomen like your stomach your rib cage should be expanding if you're taking a deeper breath so that all that was just like brand new to me right on yeah and, and that i'm just like so i, I just like went really into it also to talk like I can't season just in the best shape of my life like in terms of like being able to run around there were times when like I wasn't tired and even like in practice before when they'd be like water break I'd be like I need water but now I understood that when I wasn't running around breathing through my mouth drying out my throat I didn't crave water and mm-hmm. I wasn't as tired either so in between the breaks I would be like oh come on guys let's throw the ball around where before I'd be like this practice is so hard yeah, so yeah. It's not to say that I was the most elite athlete ever. Uh, I yeah. still was pretty average at rugby, but mm-hmm. it, in my own life, it changed everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the book that I listened to, The Oxygen Advantage. Um, it was a couple of years ago that I listened to it, but yeah. Yeah, there's some really cool techniques in that book. Really valuable information. Yeah, dude, just simple stuff that I can implement. It's like my 10 minute meditation and breathing practice all in mm-hmm. one. And it's like, if I ever feeling stressed, I tell my, uh, some, some of my friends have anxiety. Um, the advice given to them is not always the best, but just exhaling and holding your breath. I, I found like, I don't have super bad anxiety or like anxiety attacks, but I found that to be super helpful because if you hold your breath, that becomes like your main focus is like, I can't breathe. I need to breathe. Not, Oh, did I embarrass myself or, Oh, do I have enough money or blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. It's just like, I don't know. It, it's not proven. I'm not, I haven't stepped into the coaching role yet. Yeah. Which would be like, I'd be so excited to do that very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't really been able to help people with it yet, but for myself, I've just seen little things like you're saying that help a lot in the day to day. Yeah, um, you know, cert- Certified Health Nut is, is really into, like, breathing and all that. He does, like, tons of breathing exercises. Yeah, dude. So, uh, I consider myself, like, an amateur health nut. Is that kind of the connection? Because looking at your podcast guests, like I was saying, like, um, Michael Sedol, Rob Earth, Rob Carney, Angelo, like, <laughs> we're all connected via Troy Casey. So, I guess, are you a big health nuts fan yeah yeah i've been watching his i've been watching his youtube for like jesus man like seven or eight years i've been watching for seven or eight years but um yeah 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 i think that's i think that's the connection he dude he um he messaged me on um uh through through instagram because i sent him a message because i was trying to get him on the podcast And I'm just like, oh, yeah, he just doesn't have time. You know, it's like it's like three weeks or something that's gone by, or, you know. And then he sent me a message yesterday or like two days ago. And he's like, yeah, just, just you know, just text me, you know. And I was like, I couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy crap, dude. I can certify health and I just fucking text, don't message me. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get him on. So, I can't <laughs> When I get back to the States, I'll probably set something up. So, yeah. That'd be killer, dude. Yeah, I've, I've been watching his stuff for a long time as well. And since I went into business, that like eventually one day he was just like, hey, like, 
I've been working for Purium the whole time. And I was like, oh, what? And he's like, yeah, you guys can come work with me. And I was like, oh, what, what? Let's go. So I did and uh, got connected. Rob Carney actually commented on the YouTube video. And I was like, hey, what's up, Rob? Like, I figured that Troy would not be the guy to go through. He was just kind of spreading the word. Yeah. But Rob was like super helpful with everything. And uh, Rob's brought him on a few team calls. So I've gotten to know him a little bit. That, you know, just a few conversations not we're not like buddy buddy yeah yeah, yeah. it's been cool man yeah that's cool that's that's cool yeah 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 the the, the perium products are like really really interesting man because the um the, just the quality of it just there's um i'm i'm really into supplements man i'm a supplement guy i, re- I really like supplements you know whenever i get a whole foods i find myself in the supplement area and, um, but it's, you know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? You're like, you go in there and you're like trying to get some like, you know, organic sweet potatoes or something. And then you're like, all of a sudden you see like, uh, you know, like MCT oil and you're just like, oh man, I gotta have some fucking MCT oil. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I could add this in or that in. But is there a lot of supplements over in Japan or have you kind of put that on the back burner? Yeah, there's not really, um, they have them, but they're just not, um, there's a lot of them aren't good quality. You can get, you can go, you can get them on iHerb.com if you want, if you want to get them overseas so you can order them. But, um, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What, well, what has it been like, or how long have you been over in Japan? See, I've been over here for like. I've been over here for a year, but I was here before in 2015 for a year. But um, I was in I was in China. Have before. you noticed anything? Okay, you see, have you been teaching English like that for a while? Yeah, for like ten years. Oh, word! I was gonna ask you if you noticed any big changes in your health living in a different place for that long but i guess if you haven't really been stationed you know like if you've been on constantly moving i don't know if you have but i'm still curious yeah um i kind of do have a, a story about that like back in the day <laughs> Dude, like like i'm um i'm sort of kind of gluten intolerant sort of but the way i found out was i was in korea and, um, you know, you, they don't eat a lot of bread there. They, they eat some bread, but they don't eat a lot of bread. And then, um, you know, I eat a typical Korean diet pretty much most of the time. But then I came home and um, I started eating like, you know, I started eating like, uh, like bread or whatever and things like that. Because I was staying with family. And I just noticed that I would get these sinuses man my sinuses would just go freaking nuts i mean i would just be like just be like in a fucking uh like the worst headache pain like just like so fucking horrible just miserable man like i like almost like to the point where i almost had to go to the hospital i was in so much pain um and then i left america this is when i came back to america and then I left and went to Japan and I didn't have that problem anymore. So I was just kind of like, well, what the heck is going on? You know, is, is it something in the environment? Is it like, was it something at my parents' house, you know, was it their car, you know, you know, a mold, you know, something like that. But yeah, I fig- I figured out it was just, um, it was just the, the, the gluten, the wheat products that I was eating it was causing that. Dude, I had a similar, a buddy tell me that he was living in Germany for a year and a half and just, you know, eating plenty of bread over there. I guess that's part of their diet, but stuff that like a baker would make and then he'd have it. And then he comes back to America and he's eating the same kind of thing. And then all of a sudden he's like bugging out. And he's like, dude, I think I have a gluten intolerance. And I was like, dude, it may just be the the food in America, you know, like, and like how it's prepared and the quality of it. it's not necessarily bread in general 
And he was like, oh, shit. And I was like, I mean, maybe, you know, I'm not a scientist, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's like, yeah, it just, that's the kind of thing that it bothers me. And it's yeah. why I like working with Troy Imperium is because it's like, dude, we, there's something messed up going on here and it's kind of affecting our lives. Yeah, there's there's something there's something um definitely definitely going on there. There's certain there's certain things they do put in the bread like some kind of fillers that are not legal in like Singapore and you know Japan and things like that. But yeah, but then the, there's the GMO, the GMO wheat. There's like some added protein or something. I don't know. There's something manipulated in there. And um. Anyway. But yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Dude, even uh, if you heard of the the food babe, uh, some girl on Instagram was going off on Subway because there's this ingredient in their bread that they use to make it look like symmetrical, but it's an ingredient used to make yoga mats. So she was like out in front of Subway, like chewing on yoga mats, trying to make it uh, an image, and it's just they're like, oh no, it's no, we don't do that, but like like very clear that they do and yeah. stuff like that is going on everywhere where they're just like no we gotta just feed these people and get them the, the lunch special but it's like how can we be feeding people and poison them at the same time and like how is that like been okay for years and years and years and we just yeah. kind of get by because you know we all feel like okay and then we always like can make it through the next day but it's these like slow killers that just like start to compound and just like drag us down and then all of a sudden like something just goes haywire and you're like freaking out and it's like i need to go to a doctor and I, the doctor doesn't know what's wrong with me it's like because it wasn't an acute injury it's these chronic things now where it's just mm -hmm. built up over and over and over yeah there's a lot a lot of that kind of thing going on and, and um you know you see these you see people in japan especially and they're just like man these people are like 70 and they're just like they look like they're like you know 50 and they just they they ride their bikes and they're like 85 you know what i mean like and they're just every day they're out riding their bikes and like walking and stuff like i mean it's just kind of like it's it's crazy yeah yeah i think i think the food quality is pretty good here actually um see that happy to hear that yeah it, what's like the exercise scene is it, it's just simple stuff like walking bikes maybe some martial arts yeah they um they do some martial arts uh, when i was at the when i was teaching at the junior high school they would do um the kendo i don't know if you know what kendo is but it's like a um it's like a, it's like a, it's like a uh, fake, it's like a samurai practicing technique where they use wooden swords instead of real swords. And then they wear this plastic armor and then they just kind of like, I guess like try to be, hit each other with the sword. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, there's a lot of, a lot of the girls do it. It's like they're, um, they have these clubs and then um, most of them are, are girls that do the, um, the kendo that I was noticing. I think that the, I think the high schoolers might do um, judo at the school. Um, but yeah, there's, there's gyms and there's, there's yoga. Yoga is popular here. And, and, um, but walking, man, I mean, dude, like, like, like I was, I'm in Tokyo and I've been running around doing errands and, and I'm trying to do, you know, get my sightseeing like last bit of sightseeing and everything like that. And God, man, I just walk everywhere. Cause you have to walk to the station and then to the subway station and then you have to walk to wherever you're going from the station. So, um, yeah, that walking definitely, um, it's, it's, um, it's a big part of life here. Dude, I dig that. I mean, that's like the simplest thing. I'm, I'm walking around my apartment right now while we're talking. I, and that's all I kind of really remember from doing when I was traveling. You know, I didn't really have the, the luxury or like even the extra clothing to go to a gym and like sweat it out. So I was like, I'm just going to walk around. I've never been to any of these places. 
-hmm. the more I walk around, the more I get to see and like be outside. I don't really have anything to do. So I could literally just walk around for two hours, find somewhere to eat, walk around for another three hours, maybe like read a little bit of a book. And it's like, it kind of like gave me the opportunity, like, what do I want to do in a day? And I was like, I guess just walk around a little bit, chill out, read some yeah. books. Yeah, yeah, Tori Casey, he's he's really into he's really into walking. He said something like, you know, we're like, Wait, it's just like and stuff. For this. yeah, I mean, we kind of are, and it's one of those things where it just builds on itself. Like, we don't need to go over the top and try and like exercise super hard if we just walk, and then it'll get us more ready to walk the next day. You know what I mean? Like, instead of being like, nah, I don't want to. I'm fine right here on the, the couch or I don't, I don't want to walk outside and just shuts off opportunity for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I noticed like when I go back home to the U S I don't walk as much, you know, if I'm staying with my parents or something, I don't, I don't walk as much. I think that has something to do with our houses just being set up. So, so awesome that they're just like a sweet cage. Like, I'm like, I can't wait to get back to my cage. I got a refrigerator, a kitchen. I got a playroom. I got this magical TV screen. And it's just like, why would I want to leave? Yeah. And I, that's kind of why I look at people with RVs or boats. And I'm like, if you're living there, like, you probably don't want to. Or, like, even in a place where a house is so small. Like, my buddy's moving to Hawaii. And he's like, pretty small one bedroom. And I was like, but why are you going to want to be inside? There's the beach, the water the mountains and he's like exactly and i'm like dude that's that's a preferred way to live and at least in my own heck yeah man heck yeah dude so what kind of uh things do you have planned for when you get back home are you gonna just like a pit stop or stay yeah. in the u.s for a bit i'm gonna stay in the u.s for a little bit um just because i've been away for like two years so i'll probably spend at least a month at least a month there. Um, oh, at least a month. I was. <laughs> I would consider that still a pit stop. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I'm sort of kind of in transition, and um, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing next. I sort of have a plan. I have a plan of what I'd like to do, but if that doesn't work out, then I might do something else. I might. So I might go to. Um, uh, I'd like to go to Taiwan first and foremost, but uh, we'll see if that happens. And then if not, I'll, maybe I'll go to Vietnam. I'm not sure, but, but, um, but yeah, I'm just kind of sort of uh, kind of, kind of playing it by ear right now, man. So. What kind of things are you trying to do in general? Oh, oh, in in the U.S.? Uh, just visit family. No. Oh, no, I, I just meant, like, with your work. Like, are, are, are you, do you like living in Asia for long periods of time? Or, like, you know, or do you just, like, love teaching English to people? I, yeah, I do. I do like teaching. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like teaching. I enjoy it. Um, I'm really good at it. I can, I can... I can get, um, I'm pretty good at what I do, you know, cause I've been doing it for so long, but, um, it's kind of at this point, it's kind of like, it's kind of like something different. has got to, is going to happen, you know, because I'm ready for a new something different. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of, um, yeah. I'm kind of ready to let something different happen. <laughs> that's that's why I started this podcast, man. To be honest with you, because because I'm uh, I don't know what my purpose is right now, and you know I'm just kind of feeling out, you know. And I was kind of like I was sitting there, I was sitting in Japan, and I was like, well, what what who do I want to hang out with? And I was like, well, who would I most like to hang out with, and what do I like to do? And okay, well, I love, you know, Troy Casey. I love, you know, 
all these people that I've, that I've interviewed on my podcast and these people that I follow on Instagram and, and everything like that, you know, Angelo and all those guys and, and you and, and everybody else. And like, well, dude, what the heck, you know, why don't I just start a podcast, you know, to just, to just connect with people, you know, cause that's, you know, I'd really, that's, that's all I really want to do is just freaking connect with some people, man. So. Yeah, dude, I, I'm definitely appreciative you started this. It's funny. It's like a podcast isn't, you know, it, like it, we're just using it as an excuse to talk to each other uninterrupted for a bit, which is always nice in my book. Yeah, but yeah. I, I kind of know a little bit what you mean. Like, like with the, when I was traveling, I, I'd, I would stay in places real short. I'd be somewhere for a day or two. Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, I don't think I want to be traveling this like touristy, like nonstop, but I don't really want to like live in one place. So like, how can I find a way to structure my life that I can live at places for two to three months at a time, or maybe like a seasonal way. So when I got down here, I started looking at that. And that's kind of like what's evolved into the scuba diving, because I could, you know, anywhere there's water, there's a, a need to teach scuba. Mm -hmm. And then with Ethereum as well, being like flexible work, that also like, as long as there's people, there's going to be a need to make money and a, a need to feed themselves. So I was like, I'm starting to create a little image here and I'm pretty stoked on it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of you know my, I mean? that's kind of sort of my ideal lifestyle would be you know to be able to be free to um you know free to stay in like you know if I, if I wanted to stay in like Phuket Thailand for you know six months or, or a year and then I, and then move and then go back to the states for like a few months and then and then go back to you know go back to Japan or something like that you know for a few months that'd be my ideal lifestyle something like that exactly or similar to what you were just talking about you know i love asia i love i love being in asia you know i love the beaches i love um the, i love the culture it's freaking awesome um so yeah yeah something yeah what like is that. it about asia dude I don't, I don't know man i just um it's just something about it i mean my stepdad, he used to come to Japan back in the eighties, like a long time ago in the eighties, he would come here and he loved it. And he would, and he would bring back these gifts for me and my brother. And one, one year he brought back these pencil cases for me and my brother. And they're just the freaking awesomest pencil case in the world. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, every, every kid wanted this pencil case, man, because like you push a button and like you, the eraser would come out one, part and then you push another button and the pencil will pop out at the top and yeah it's just freaking awesome but um so that's that's what started my interest and then in the late 80s um you know i was into comic books and they started uh the first japanese comic books were um translated to english at that time there was only like there was only like three comics uh and it was just like, it, it was just mind blowing these comics to me, man. Um, I was like 14, 15, 14 at the time when, the, when those came out. And um, yeah, so I got into that for, you know, a couple of years. I was really into those comics, man. I would just have to have them. It was crazy about, I was just crazy about them. Um, but, and then, you know, later on, I took an Asian art history class in college and the guy was, uh, the professor was like a teacher in Tokyo for a while. And um, he was, he was, he was like late seventies and he had all these stories about, um, you know, about Asian art and the Buddhist uh, statues and, you know, all these crazy stories about teaching in, in, um, in Tokyo at the Tokyo University. So those those were kind of the main points. Huh, dude. 
it, it's definitely got to be interesting to like who it's making you into spending all that time in such a different culture than you wrote uh grew up in or like what experience i mean did you grow up in the middle of the u.s because that's like a total absolute culture shock yeah yeah i grew up in north carolina yeah. oh okay we're i mean still still different but yeah it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty conservative there you know it's pretty conservative in charlotte um yeah dude for sure it's definitely big um definitely big culture shock when i went to korea the first time i was just like when i remember landing in incheon and we drove into seoul and there was just so many people man i just couldn't believe it i just could not believe the amount of people because you know when you come in you can see the high-rise they have a lot of high-rise apartments there and there's just like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them they go forever and ever and i was just kind of like what the heck man and yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, culture shock that still happens, you know, it sometimes still happens. Um, sometimes it's, sometimes it's very, very small. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's good. A lot of times it's, it's, it's really, um, it's really good. You know, sometimes it's not good. <laughs> Cause you don't know what the heck is going on, you know, and things like that. So, but yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, that's how it was going to the Philippines. Like I was in Australia before then and that's mm -hmm. kind of just like California. I mean, it's a much cooler place. And mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And then I went to the Philippines for this meditation course and I was like, you know, first time in Asia. And I, I do kind of understand the draw of just like, you know, it's not Europe or Australia or Africa. You know, it's it's Asia. It's very unique. Mm -hmm. And the Philippines, just so much, like, poverty and just, mm -hmm. like, uh, simpleness. Just, like, their transportation. Yeah. To just, like, how the people were hanging out in the street, trash being everywhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, obviously, I'm sticking out like a sore thumb being, like, a, a white guy with blue eyes and they're just like whoa what the fuck are you dude and yeah like for a while i don't I didn't see any other white people so it was like i don't i'd never been in that kind of life and you know they don't a lot of them didn't speak english too so it, it's a cool experience and it, it's like so weird too i don't know if you ever feel this way but like when i'm i grew up in delaware so you know same kind of background and you mm -hmm. kind of just feel like a person and you're surrounded by your family and it's kind of like a bit, very big safe space. Like going over to Asia, like I was just like, whoa, like I just hopped in a plane and I'm on a different part of the planet. And it's just like, I'm really alone out here. And it's pretty crazy. Like in a, in a good way, I wasn't like depressed, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's a, I, I just felt like life was a lot different when I was over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of start to, yeah, I guess it might be traveling and you kind of start to realize, you think of, you, you kind of think about who you are a little bit more and, and um, kind of what you're about, you know, um, at least for me, it gives you, it gives you time away from your, um, from your, uh, what do you call it? Like all the people that influence you and all the media that influences you because, you know, when you come over to um, the Philippines or, or wherever, then you don't get that, all that media exposure and then you don't get exposure from your friends and, you know, mom and dad and, you know, whoever else or whatever. And then you kind of, you know, you kind of get a little, you kind of get a nice little break from all that. You know? Yeah, I kind of think of that like in every moment, you know, I'm on Instagram a lot now for work. So mm -hmm. It's a different story, but but like every moment that I'm not looking at my phone and I'm just like staring at a wall or something. Like not every moment's beautiful or romantic, but it, it's a moment for me. And sometimes if I stare at that wall enough, something happens, you know, and it's cool. But so it's kind of like that in the grander scheme when you're over in Asia alone, and it's like 
it's not always movie theater or movie style like action you know sometimes you're just alone in a weird little village but at least it's a moment for yourself to experience and to grow as our own individual person yeah for sure man i definitely um that's very well put um uh, you know, I like, I like the way you put that. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, like you're saying, like, um, like, you know, you're walking around and, um, you know, say where, where was I, I was in Kyoto and I was just kind of walking around and, um, and I, I was, it's, you know, there's not a lot of tourists here now in Japan. And so I'm like, because of the whole COVID thing and, and I was walking up to this, walking up this temple and, yeah, just seeing all the people and everybody's so happy and walking up this temple and it was just such a great, great little moment, man, you know, and I was just kind of like, wow, this is so, this is so awesome, you know, and um, yeah, those, those, those little moments to me are just like tiny treasures, man, just freaking little treasures, you know. Yeah, so did you find out anything? It sounds like you've been alone on this journey did you find out anything or like did anything surprise you about being alone for so long i definitely had a few revelations that i'll share with you afterwards yeah um i i was uh i was supposed to be in tokyo for my this last job and um i kind of got i kind of got shafted a little bit to a smaller city i wasn't supposed to be there was not very happy about that and so I was, because I have friends in Tokyo already, right? So I was kind of like, well, great. Now I want to be alone. I know what that means, right? So I'm like, all right. So I got shafted and I'm out here in this small city. And I had to spend a lot of time alone, man, you know? And I was kind of upset about it. And I was kind of angry about it. And then um, I was just kind of like, all right. So I just accepted it. And then I was like, all right, well, whatever. Let's just, maybe this is what's supposed to happen. And then um yeah, I kind of, I got into my journaling a little bit more. I started writing a little bit more journaling. Um, for sure, I, that's been um, a big part of this past year. And looking into past traumas. So I started writing down some of those past traumas from childhood. Um, I actually talked with a little bit in some of my old other podcasts about it, but but yeah, writing down those things. Um, and then let's see, I wrote like, uh, yeah, that was like one of the biggest things. And then starting this podcast, you know, just being like, look, man, why don't I just freaking do this podcast? <laughs> I, if I wasn't out there alone, I probably wouldn't have started this podcast, to be honest with you. you know, Cause I needed something to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. I listened to so many podcasts. Mm-hmm. While I was just walking around, or like alone, huh. I had the same feeling of of just being alone. You know, I I don't really keep up with a lot of my people. Yeah, I was after I graduated college. Like uh, I moved down to the beach with my parents, and I was working six days a week. Wow! And like so, I didn't. And then I like to take care of myself. It was a summer job, so it wouldn't have been like that forever, but. Um, so I didn't really have time for friends. Occasionally they'd come visit me. The rest mm-hmm. of my friends were in the big cities, you know, New York, Philly, DC. So, I, but I didn't feel alone, you know, I was working, but then when I went to travel and then I just like watched my money go down every day, you know, like, like I was not in a position where I was working. So I was just mm-hmm. losing money every day. And I'm like, is this what I want to be doing? Like, do I want to be traveling? Like, what is this bringing me? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful experience, but is it worth just losing all my money over? Mm -hmm. And I'm just, and I felt the same thing. I I just kind of felt a little lonely. You know, I've always been like, oh, I don't need my family or my friends and I'll be fine on my own. And then I was on my own and I was like, what the fuck? Dude, I want to talk to somebody. And, you know, I try and meet some people around the, the hostel or whatever, um, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of shy sometimes. And I would get in my own head about that. Mm-hmm. It, so yeah, I was really surprised by that. Um, I mean, now 
I, I, it's weird because now that I'm back here and, you know, I have my girlfriend, but besides that, I don't really hang out with anyone, but I don't feel lonely. Mm-hmm. It's so weird that, like, that feeling was happening while I was traveling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, For sure I can relate to that, man. For sure I can relate to that. So those childhood traumas, like, how did you remember them? Yeah, I um I had a conversation with somebody. Um, he does um, I'm trying to get him on the podcast, or I'd like to get him on the podcast. But he does like he does men's coaching, and a really cool guy. But I just had a little call, phone call with him, and and um, I just started talking, and then yeah, I just started talking about some some uh, some of my past trauma from when I was when I was a child. And then um, on the phone call, and then I started and I wrote it down, right in my journal, and I wrote it down as if I was talking to that child um, at that point in time. So like I would say, um, you know, like or uh, you know, like or describing it, like like the the child at, at that point in time like it was another person kind of thing and i was looking at that person so yeah it was um it was hard to revisit you know but then you know i started thinking about other things other past traumas and you know th- guilty feelings and um you know writing writing is very very therapeutic you know um it's definitely, it's definitely yeah it's definitely helpful um and then that kind of it you know it kind of leads to other things i don't know if this is always the case but you know i I started thinking about when i was in junior high school and you know i got bullied a lot because i was like you know i was kind of like the weaker kid and so i got bullied a lot and, and um some some ideas of you know masculinity and all those kinds of things like and you know it just it's just kind of it's kind of crazy to you know like why am i thinking about that why am i thinking about junior high school dude i'm like 47 years old and i'm not thinking about junior high school <laughs> and you know getting bullied in junior high school you know i was never like beat up or anything like that severely but um you know i had friends i had my you know i had my best friend and he he would help me out sometimes if i was getting bullied you know he'd come in and you know, save the day kind of thing. But I was thinking about it. It wasn't like, it wasn't like really physical. It was just that I didn't stand up for myself. And that's what I was really angry about. I wasn't angry at the bullying or the bullies. I wasn't angry at them. (laughs) I was angry because I didn't stand up for myself. So I guess that's, that's, that's what I found out. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) Dude, I appreciate you sharing me with this since I just kind of met today. Uh, it, it, it's very cool that you're open about talking about this. But this is kind of stuff that interests me a lot. Of just like examining, because I've been doing that a lot recently. It's looking at my traumas um, and trying to read through this book that talks a little bit, kind of like a guided way to uh, to examine it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's funny that you say, because I'm only 26. So like, in essence, high school, middle school was kind of, you know, not that far away. And yeah. I have some thoughts, too, of uh, stuff that went on. So that's funny that you say that because mm-hmm. I, I've heard that if you don't address it, it just gets pushed away and it'll keep coming up. And then, you know, you'd eventually or we'd eventually pass it to our children mm-hmm. and then kind of like set them up for whatever kind of feelings that we had. So I've been told that we have to cut it now and mm-hmm. get rid of it, or it, it's just never going to fix itself. So mm-hmm. that's that very cool to hear. You know, there's not a lot, I didn't realize you were 47, but there's not a lot of older people that I've talked to that I've had the pleasure to meet that, that are interested in this kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I talked to a therapist like many years ago, some time ago, and, um, she was a woman. She was, she was good. She was a good therapist. 
but she um she couldn't really understand some of the you know more male dynamics in the same way a male therapist couldn't understand some of the female problems you know that that might arise sure. so um she was good I'm, I'm not but but i definitely realized that after um talking to her and this this men's coach or whatever that that i talked to i mean i might do some more work with him later on um but yeah he definitely um definitely um definitely some interesting conversations there to to be had uh for sure um you know but yeah so you know there's there's always like some kind of family you know there's we have a lot of problems with our fathers and and things like that and and and, um you know either they you know either either they um either they let us down or, or they're greater than us and we want to be like them, you know, <laughs> either way, they kind of, you know, we kind of get, um, I don't know what the word is. The, uh, we kind of get um, shafted a little bit by them <laughs> either way. Yeah. So, yeah, they said no parents perfect. And, and that's yeah. a matter of, I've heard of this before, like the, the big T trauma, like abuse or, uh, you know, sexual kind of messed up stuff like that, or, or little T trauma, which is what I've experienced with, mm -hmm. you know, my mom was overbearing and wanted exactly this out of me and I had to be this way where, mm -hmm. and then my dad was, I never lived up to his expectation. Not that he had expectations, but I just didn't feel that I met any kind of unspoken expectations mm -hmm. and then I you know I have my own uh, issues with money just because mm -hmm. of I know how much money he did have but how much of it my mom was always spending mm -hmm. and he would get frustrated there and I, you know it kind of created this idea of like no matter how much we have we're always going to need to spend it and we're always never going to have enough mm -hmm. so now that's something I'm having to deal with being out on my own for the mm -hmm. first time like oh how do I change my orientation and talking with Rob has been a big help because he he was in you know when I started when I met him I I was about two grand in debt and he was like 12 grand in debt and he's just like yeah this is how I think about it it's gonna be fine you know if I just stress out over it it's not helping and you know sometimes I need to spend money and mm -hmm. I, I kind of have that idea but mm -hmm. hearing it from him was like all right cool like all right, I'm glad someone's on the same page. Like, yeah, it will be okay. The money will come. You know, it's not really a big deal. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll survive. Yeah, for sure, man. I had some 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 bad money. Um, what do you call it? Mindsets implemented. Um, bad money programming put in by my parents. Um, particularly by my mom, and she was always like a like uh you know like oh, you know, we, we're never going to have enough money. And she was always like, we're, we have to save, we have to save, save, save. And, and we, we're never going to have enough money. That was kind of her mindset from that she got when she was, when she was a kid. And then it sort of came into, that's what, that's what I got. Like, we're never going to have enough kind of thing. And um, yeah, so I started, that's, that's one of the things I've been thinking about recently too is, is that that mindset and where that money that where that money where that mindset comes from and um so for sure like like when people okay troy troy casey talks a lot about this as well but when you speak it then it it's a problem or it can be a problem the words that you say so like when i hear my parents say say um oh, we don't have enough, we can't afford that all the time, saying we can't afford, we can't afford, we can't afford. It's, it's, it's very, you don't want to say that. You do not want to say that. You want to say, yes, we can afford it. Yes, we have enough. And, and then it, it, it kind of, it's much more helpful to say those words. So I've been trying to like focus on my words and that I say and think around money 
I don't know if you've experienced anything like that, but. No, dude, I, I'm super particular about my word, word choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big one for me is also just like talking about things. I don't know if you noticed a few minutes ago when I said, you need to do this. And I was like, mm-hmm. you, no, you don't need to do anything. It's, it's we or I. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people will tell a story like, oh, I made this mistake. And they'll say, you, you don't want to do this. And I'm like, okay, well, I didn't ask for advice. You're trying to just tell me a story. Mm-hmm. and then a lot of things too were like yeah we can't afford that and uh it, it it's very hard to, to change that that way of speaking yes. in regards to money when you when you literally see that you don't have it to to be like no i will have it mm-hmm. and i do have it just not at this moment and like just kind of like you almost have to lose grips with reality and time as it's currently understood to to really feel that abundance yes yes it, yeah okay cool i didn't know if i was gonna lose you right there no 100 100 percent. i was shopping yesterday in tokyo and i was like i saw this bag that i really wanted you know because everything looks so freaking cool in Japan <laughs> and I'm like you know and I'm like oh man I just want this bag it looks so cool and then I, I heard myself say oh I can't afford it you know in the in my mind and then I'm like oh you know I just I definitely uh what, what do you say um was was conscious of, of of what I was thinking you know and so you know in that respect maybe maybe visualization can come in handy I've been slacking on my visualization lately. I need to get back into it. But, yeah. yeah, that kind of goes with what, what I was thinking. It is mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe it's not that you can or cannot afford it, but it's like, do you need it? What would you use it for? Is it worth the investment? Like, that's where I've been at for the past probably year or so since I got down here. Is yes. I haven't had, you know, I came here with very little money got into diving and just like was not making any money and I was spending more on dive equipment. Mm-hmm. And so I've had no free income for at least two plus years. Uh, not to say that I don't buy any things that I don't need, but like I, I've had to be a lot more deliberate with, okay, I'm going to invest in high quality food. Good. I'm going to invest in scuba gear that I can use for teaching or guiding or sharing. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and obviously sometimes I get caught out of hand and, and end up buying stuff, but like I, I've never pay restaurants for food. I, I don't buy really any clothes. I pretty much wear the same clothes every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying people need to do this. I'm just saying like, this is where I've had to be. And it's a hard way to, to think. It took a lot of deep changes and then moving in with my girlfriend she doesn't think that way so she'll buy like little knickknacks for the house and then I have to stop myself from from being mad at her like my initial reaction is why are you buying that we don't need that that's stupid you're wasting your money and you're wasting my money because now I need to be the guy who buys the groceries or something like that Mm -hmm. and and that was just like causing a lot of friction you know Mm -hmm. I wasn't a dick about it I was expressing those feelings so now i had to be like wait it's her money she can do with what she wants just keep doing what you're doing maybe set the example mm-hmm. and that's it you can't tell, tell people especially someone you love like how to spend their money because like i don't i wouldn't want someone doing that to me really my parents do it and it's super annoying yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's good advice yeah i should talk to um i should talk to rob man maybe i'll maybe i'll do a show about money See if I can get him back on. I'd be curious about that, dude. Mm-hmm. I've, we've had a few conversations, but to let him just kind of riff on it would be very cool. Yeah. He learned would... a little bit in the his holistic lifestyle coaching mm-hmm. where they were like, how much money do you want to make? And he was said something like 30000 40000 a year. I'd be good. And then the guy was like, come on, Rob. Like, you're a lot smarter than that. You're worth a lot more. You could bring a lot more value. And he's like, fuck, mm-hmm. you're right. <laughs> and like had to like shift that and now he's like mm-hmm. gone into like you know the crown level is like 150k a year and, and i'm like i feel that energy from him too so mm-hmm. 
I, I don't know about his personal finances, but he, he never t- complains about money. At least me. I don't know if that's just business to business, but uh, yeah, I would like to hear what he has to say on that. Yeah, I should definitely get him on, man. I should I should get him on about that. I've been trying to get some folks on more about, um, you know, regarding uh, sort of abundance and then um and then uh, i'm trying to get like an investor on this guy he's like he's like really into um crypto he's like a crypto investor and stuff like that really cool guy sort of got him coming on um just trying to understand some things yeah but yeah yeah. that's definitely misunderstood I, i crypto goes way over my head yeah, for most people it is. But I just haven't put the time into learning. Yeah, well, investment, investment in general, it's kind of like everybody's like, I don't know about everybody else, but I'm, I'm just kind of scared of it, you know. I'm trying to get over the, those fears, so to speak. What kind of fears do you have in regards to investing? I just have fear of just losing. I just, I just feel like I, mm. I, I like my, I have a good, a good friend. He's into this, the investing in the stock market he makes about 15,000 a year on average uh from just from the stock market and um yeah we're always talking about stocks and everything like that and 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 I'm like you know I'm just I'm just afraid of losing I feel like it's gambling you know it's not it's not investing I see it as gambling you know because I don't under really understand it yeah same here dude yeah yeah but i don't know if they do either i have a bunch of friends that do stock not i don't think to that success level but they were also the guys in college that were like oh what'd you bet on this game or like i hit this parlay and so i'm like it just seems like you guys are doing the same thing and you know they're when they're up they're like oh i'm balling and then when they're out they're super frustrated and and like like it's uh i definitely have that same kind of fear that you do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. My friend, he's he's a little more but, level-headed. I mean, he's he's older too, so he's been doing this for a while. So he's hmm. he looks at he likes to look at stocks and he likes to he likes to look at companies and he likes to really kind of he, he likes to dig into you know you know he likes to dig into like tech stocks and and all kinds of things and and. Um, one of the one of the things he said he he said he was like a lot of times the narrative doesn't add up to the reality which means um you know if they're if they're saying on the news CNBC or whatever if they're saying that apple stock is no good anymore don't buy it he's like a lot of times that's just not true a lot of times it's really doing well and and you should you should buy it or or whatever whatever, whatever it may be which is kind of interesting huh yeah i'm sure there's definitely much different levels to it of being a mature dude to uh just some young guys that are trying to make money off of it yeah 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 the people that have been kind of more in in it for the longer haul are kind of more knowledge knowledgeable yeah that's probably just amateurs and pros at at really anything yeah gonna be different levels yeah absolutely absolutely man I see that a lot. Uh, oh, that. Uh, oh, I wanted to ask you about I this. I try not to be, to be an elite. I want to ask you about this. Um, this it meditation is. course you took in the Philippines. Oh, dude, for sure. I was uh, some woman in a cafe recommended it to me. It's a vipassana meditation course. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-mm. It's kind of the stuff. I guess that the Buddha did like his meditation is part of his whole thing. It's like the actionable part, you know, they said a lot of Buddhist words and yogi words that didn't, I didn't always put all the pieces together, but it was a cool thing. Uh, I just, they do it all over the place. And Mm -hmm. I saw one was in the Philippines, like a month from when I was where it was in Australia. And I was like, all right, perfect. I always love to go to the Philippines. Uh, made my way there. It's free. You go in, 
that separates you boys and girls. Uh, they take away all your things or you give them all your things. So all I had was my clothes. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any books, anything to write on, no phone. And you meditate for about 10 hours a day. It's broken up into different hour or hour and a half long sessions. Uh, you're up at the crack of dawn meditating and you go breakfast, meditate, lunch, meditate, tea, meditate, meditate, and then go to bed early. And uh, it's all silent. So there's no talking. They have like a speaker that like gives you the lesson from whatever guy was kind of set it up many, many years ago. But mm-hmm. besides that, you're just sitting in a one position motionless, just observing your breath, observing the sensations on your body. Um, They say a lot of things, pretty much everything in life comes down to cravings and aversion. So either I'm craving maybe a a drink or a smoke or a snack Mm -hmm. or a craving, a good feeling in my body, which I did at one point, I'm sitting there motionless and it's this entire body tingling it's this weird feeling I've experienced it a few times. And I was like, I want this feeling forever. And I was like, no, I can't crave this feeling. So I had to let it go or it's an aversion. So it's uh, Oh, I'm afraid of that person or I don't want to, you know, uh, breathe hard. So I don't want to exercise or man, Mm -hmm. my skin itches, you know, it's always, it's something small and they would start to, to tell you how it can, relate and you'll notice oh if you have an aversion to that it started by a feeling in in your your body Mm. so we're really just like connecting with that and Mm -hmm. it was really nice to just to i didn't wear my contacts or my glasses so i couldn't see i couldn't speak all i did was just kind of like walk around almost like a zombie uh but in a good way and just meditate in between i would i would think about uh star wars movie plots for, for no reason in particular, I just like Star Wars, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. And then uh, I gave them, they asked for money at the end so that other people can experience it for free. So I gave them a bunch of money. It was really nice, man. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah, it's definitely intense. I carried on with the meditation. It wants you to do an hour in the morning, hour in the evening. Carried on with that for a few months, um, but just kind of lost touch with it it's the mm-hmm. old additive like oh i don't have time to meditate but if you meditate all the time that you do have is more valuable and productive but uh i don't know i think i have an aversion to sitting still for that long um mm-hmm. but the craziest part was when i started out i'd never sat cross-legged on the floor and you just sit like that for you know what equaled about 100 hours and my body literally changed. And now I can sit on the floor, you know, not perfect, not like a really talented yogi, but like my legs are crossed. My, my back is fairly straight. So that was a pretty crazy physical change that went on. And I guess a lot of the pain that I was experiencing in my knees, just being bent like that was mm-hmm. in my head. It may have to do with some kind of past trauma or, or like, limiting belief that I have maybe that I, I don't think my legs can be bent like that, but they would talk about that and, and they'd say to just accept the pain and it's not really there. It's just a sensation. And, and it's true because as soon as I would uncross my legs, literally not even 30 seconds, I'd be fine. But in the moment be like, my leg is, my knee is about to literally snap. Yeah. So it was like a very weird, weird feeling for sure and like a hard thing mentally to get over yeah it's crazy man but the so the woman who had told me about it said that she had a breakthrough on like day four and she just burst out in tears and she understood it all so honestly i was waiting for day four or five or my breakthrough to happen and i was waiting and nothing ever happened and i you know i had thoughts i had this reoccurring thought that this guy that i kind of we both wronged each other back in high school and I kept thinking about it. And I, was mm-hmm. like, I wanted, I want to do something. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so many months go by and I finally emailed him. I was like, dude, I'm sorry about that. And he's like, dude, it's all good. I appreciate you apologizing. I was like, right on. 
but yeah, I never had a, a breakthrough. I just, hmm. and I, I read, I read in a book later on that like some people, they, they have a breakthrough with whatever it may be a self-help book or a meditation course or breath work or something, but they might've been working for years and months to get that breakthrough. And for me to just say, Oh, I did the thing. I want the gift of the breakthrough without mm -hmm. doing all the past work is kind of selfish and ignorant. It's kind of like me saying like, Oh, I'm in shape now. Or why am I not in shape now? I did burpees for six days in a row. It's like, no, like, you got to exercise for a while to reap the, the real benefit. So that lady was probably just, that was the cherry on top she needed, where for me it was part of my process. Wow, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening. I don't, I kind of forget about it sometimes, but it gets me pretty fired up. It was, it's a very cool thing. They would say, may all beings be happy after every meditation and, you know, we all talked at the very end once it was over. And mm -hmm. There's just a lot of cool people. A lot of people have been hitchhiking and traveling. And, mm -hmm. you know, one guy who lived in the Philippines was like, yeah, I was just super stressed out. And I Googled how not to be so stressed. And this meditation course came up and I took off work and I'm here. I was like, whoa, that's cool. Wow. Well, cool, man. Yeah, I kind of, I got a, I got a jet, man. But, um, dude. Of course. I really appreciate the opportunity to just hang out and talk. Yeah, man. Um,